0: Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: Today we're going to turn our attention to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. This is a very popular verse. It's used by Christians all the time. It's hung on walls. It's written in greeting cards. And I'm afraid that today it's not understood in its full context. It's great that we're coming to this verse in a broader study of the book of Jeremiah, because we have a pretty good view of where this fits with regard to what God is doing at this time in history. When I read it to you here, I'm going to cover verses 10 through 14, which gives you a little bit more of its immediate context, and then we're going to talk about how can we understand this verse the way that it was originally intended, and how can we apply it to our lives today in a way that is not inconsistent with what's being said here. For thus says the Lord, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes, gather you from all nations, And all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So this verse is clearly written specifically to the people of Judah as they're about to be sent into exile, sent out as captives to Babylon, this nation that's going to destroy them, kill many of them. And this is a promise that God is making that after 70 years, I'm going to bring back some of you. And we're going to restore what we once had. These people are going to be faithful people who have repented and turned back to me, and that, in fact, did happen in actual history because the people of Judah, a handful of them, came back from exile after 70 years. They came back and rebuilt the temple. They came back and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, reestablished their identity as God's people, their correct worship practices. This is recorded in Ezra and Nehemiah. We covered that in the Bible overview already. So this is a promise that God makes and that God fulfills. And as a result of this, God's redemptive plan after the exile, after 70 years go by, after the temple and the walls and everything happens, God continues to use this remnant of the people of Judah to move his redemptive plan for the world forward, which ultimately culminates in the coming of Jesus Christ, who finally perfectly meets God's righteous requirements of the law, pays the penalty for death that we all should pay when sin was placed upon him, and then he rises from death defeating sin, death, and the power of the devil, so that anybody who puts their faith and trust in Christ can receive redemption, forgiveness, righteousness, and stand holy and blameless before God, be part of his kingdom forever, grafted into his family, and a bunch of other really, really good things. So how do we handle this verse right, and how do we make sure that we don't mishandle it today? Well, I would say that this verse can't really be applied to our lives today in an immediate sense. I would say that you could apply the heart of God behind this verse to our lives in an eternal sense. Let me explain what I mean. I think that Jeremiah 29, 11 is thrown around today. It's on greeting cards. It's hung on walls. Uh, I, I was thinking of a high school student who's graduating or a class at a Christian high school, they might pick a verse like this to be their class verse. As if to suggest, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil to give you hope and a future. As if to suggest, the Lord has promised us that he has plans for a hope and a future for us to have great, comfortable lives, and we're going to be successful in everything we do. And so go for it, class of 2021. Jeremiah 29, 11 should convince you that God wants only good things to happen to you, never anything bad, and you're going to have a great life. And it's just kind of a fluffy, feel-good sentiment that frankly is nowhere near what Jeremiah 29.11 is saying. It's thinking about somebody with a, a sports injury or somebody who gets a terrible health diagnosis. And a friend might write Jeremiah 29.11 on a greeting card for them, suggesting that the Lord, the Lord doesn't want you to go through this hardship. In fact, the Lord's gonna fix this up real nice and tidy and quick, and you're gonna get back to your comfortable life as soon as possible because he promised you in Jeremiah 29-11 that he has plans for welfare and not for evil. He wants to give you hope and a future. So Hold on to Jeremiah 29 11, injured person or, or terminally ill person, because God is going to save you from this illness in this life, and you're going to experience great, great things ahead or you could apply this verse to a business failure, or you could apply this verse to really any hardship that anyone goes through in an immediate sense, as if to suggest that this is just, this is not what God has planned for you, this hard thing. He doesn't want you to experience this discomfort, and this is going to turn around as as quickly as possible because Jeremiah 29 11 says he wants hope, he wants uh, welfare for you, a, and he has hope in a future. Well, obviously, this is This is incorrectly applying this verse in an immediate sense. God allows people to go through hardship all the time. Even these people in Jeremiah are gonna spend generations in captivity in Babylon. Many of them are gonna die because the Babylonians come and just waylay the people of Judah. Many of them are gonna starve to death. Many of them are gonna die horrible deaths, many of them are never going to come back. Their lives are going to be horrible for the rest of their lives. Yet God's promise is still true because he's talking about this not in an immediate sense, but in a bigger picture sense. He's talking about bringing them back and restoring his name, which he does after 70 years. And, And we can apply that same principle as people of God to our lives if we understand it in an eternal sense. Our lives could be hard. Stephen was martyred for his faith. He died. God didn't rescue him from being martyred. Paul, many of the disciples were executed for their faith. They he didn't res- rescue them from hardship. And in, in many cases, God allows hardship in our lives for reasons we don't understand. And of course, we pray for our friends to be healed, and we pray for our business and financial failures to turn around. We pray for our high school graduates to have successful lives and, and uh, fulfilling lives and that's all fine and good, but that is not promised by God in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Rather, what's promised by God, that if you know him, if you are one of his people in the New Testament, New Covenant way, through faith in Jesus Christ, then he does have plans for you, for your welfare and not for evil, to give you hope and a future. And not, you might not experience that hope and that welfare and that comfortable future in this life, but you certainly will in the next life. So when we understand Jeremiah 29 11 as a glimpse into the heart of God who wants to give us hope and a future in an eternal sense, it helps us not make the mistake of applying it in an immediate sense, which might convey a wrong understanding of who God is or what he's doing in our lives. Lord, help us to understand this verse, this idea the right way, and not misuse it to the detriment of ourselves and others. Amen.